inaugural Venn pod. My name is Charlie. Uh, my name is Joe. And we are going to be doing a weekly run through of sneakers, sneaker news, sneaker features, basically all stuff relating to sneakers. A bit about ourselves. Firstly, the reason that the podcast is called Venn. Joe, do you want to fill them in? So essentially we found when we were getting into the sneaker scene initially that uh, we had quite different tastes, um, but we crossed over in certain areas. Uh, that area has been getting bigger and bigger recently, but we initially said that it was uh, the middle of our Venn diagram. <laughs> anyway, we firstly are probably most knowledgeable and most passionate about Nikes. Would you, would you agree with that? Myself especially so. Yeah, Joe especially. I mean, we both we both probably have more pairs of Air Max 1s than, than anything else. I mean, I, I, I also have a few Adidas, quite a few Asics or Asics, if you will. Maybe we can get into that in another episode. We can get into the Asics or Asics debate. It's raging. So our first feature is going to be called the Fence of Freshness, which in no way resembles Top Gear's The Wall of Cool. It's completely different, copyright, TM, all that stuff. We have an actual fence, it's blue. Today's pair is going to be the Adidas EQT ADV, ADV. We'll go, we'll go, ADV. We'll go ADV, I quite like ADV, EQT, ADV, it sounds like you're just bad at the alphabet. ADV is catchy. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to start with a discussion on this pair. Joe, why don't you start, since, since these are my pair that I, that I now own, so I'm obviously going to be a little bit biased. Okay, well, um, I'm going to talk about the original colorway as well as the 910s. Um, I think the shape, first of all, I like it. Um, I think there are some, what I would deem to be superfluous details. I think that the cage element... Kind of Hirachi-esque cage exactly, at the back. You don't yeah, like that? No, I'm not particularly keen on that. Um, I've never been anti-caging um, in the boosts. Um, I actually don't particularly like um, uncaged boosts. So it's not a caging thing that I have against. Uh, You're not cagist. I'm not cagist. Um, but I don't really like the way that they've done it. I feel like it, it sort of swells too much at the back and, and becomes like a, a barricade to, to, well, I don't know what it's Some exactly. sort of barricade. Some sort of barricade. Can I, can I offer a, uh, a retort? A retort. You can. Um, what the, the reason that they need that is that the it's a, it's a kind of sock lining at the back, um, as as like you know, quite a few of these uncaged shoes are becoming like. So so it needs that to sort of hold your foot in place and to stop okay. it from flopping and stretching out too much. Um, and also, it's not it, it it is quite once you put the shoe on, it's quite tight to the skin. So um, so it serves a purpose rather than just being. Yeah, it's not just a decorative detail. detail. And now I'm going to uh, wax lyrical about why I think this is a great shoe. Firstly, the shape is, is really, really lovely. It's, you know, it's, I, th- I think that it's going gonna, it's gonna to stand the test of time. Um, it's got that really nice angular diagonal shape. It's shape quite an aggressive that. shape, and I do like that. You like the aggressive mm-hmm. shapes, don't you? Anyway, the shape for me is, is, is aesthetically very nice. They're actually really comfortable. They come up a little tight if you're looking in buying. I thought about going half a size up, but actually with the sock design... Not, you know, being too tight is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, they also, interestingly, didn't go for the boost sole, which Adidas have been living yeah, off recently. that surprised me, actually, because I think that if they're using the sock liner, then they're making it as a comfortable sporting shoe. I would have assumed that they would have gone for the boost sole, which has served them very well. And it's also a very recognisable 
feature that people see on the ultra boosts and the NMDs that are generating a lot of hype. So I, I could, I find it slightly strange that they didn't use that on the EQTs to, to generate a bit of extra hype from the people who might not necessarily know that much about shoes and just take something, a feature and sort of latch onto that. Yeah, I think that maybe the reason they did it, I mean, the boost is becoming a bit of a sort of a modern trademark for Adidas. The boost sold is something that Nike really haven't quite, you know, they haven't got an equivalent at the moment. They've got no. that, they, it, 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 it's kind of like Adidas's air unit. You know, Nike have the air unit, which is sort of trademark, copyright. If you see an air bubble, you know that you're looking at a, a pair of Nikes. And now, if you see a boost sole, you know you're looking at a pair of Adidas. Yeah. And I guess Adidas didn't really have that, I mean, that really, that, that you know, USP um, in, 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 in a more uh, sort of recognisable way, you know, Adidas heads will argue there's all sorts of things that you can look out for in Adidas quality design, whatever. But actually, the boost sole is something universally recognisable that now is only associated with Adidas. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, but I think that the reason that they've probably gone for the classic sole is that this is actually a retro model. You know, the the um, the shoe itself is 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 kind of even though it's been updated, it's got the cage as you mentioned, this nice sock design, but it is kind of a uh, kind of a retro shoe. So I think that maybe they were trying to keep it looking like a classic shoe and not necessarily yeah. one of these modern shoes, you know, with the boost soles or the uncaged, the cage or whatever. You know, I think that I think that it's been built to stand the test of time. Whereas, and this is a discussion for another day, shoes like the Ultra Boosts, the NMDs, I'm not necessarily convinced that those shoes are going to stand the test of time and be, you know, being sought after in 15 years like no like I, I definitely agree with that one thing that i would add which is interesting to think about is um I, I haven't formed an opinion necessarily on why this might be but the nmd was an update on an on a previous model um, i think it was a, a mixture of two models i'm not entirely sure because I, I don't really buy into the nmd hype and i, I haven't really looked looked into them much but that was a, a sort of throwback to one or two original yeah. models which they have added the boost sole to so i wonder how those two shoes are gonna play off against each other in years to come with one with the maybe hyped and, and not necessarily um long lasting uh boost sole and one with the the sort of throwback sole maybe in a way to put it um but to, to sort of round this off i think that um it's a it's a very nice shape it's not something that i personally wear um i, I mean i would wear it i wouldn't buy a pair i didn't i didn't go for one um, I really like the 910 concept, um, the fact that it was limited to 910 pairs, which you don't get a huge amount these days. Not that many pairs are limited um, quite so much. Um, no, I mean, especially Adidas have been just churning out pairs. They, it's strange. They limit them, but they limit them in, in sort of vast quantities that sell out immediately. Like, you, you see so many pairs of NMDs on the street, but they'll sell out immediately. Yeah, I mean, I guess just demand is really, really high. Exactly. But it's, um, it's nice that they limited it to 910 pairs and that they have the detail of, of which pair. Yeah, the number. I think I've got 725. I need to check that. I think that's my number. Um, but yeah, I do, I do agree They're, you know, again, all the same comments about the OG colorway is the all white consortium pair. Um, one thing I will say is there's not, they're very fresh, they're very clean, but they're, you know, other than the distinguishing number out of which pair you've got, I think that there's, there's, they could have maybe added a few more premium quality details. Yeah. The, the quality of the shoe isn't that high. 
Com- uh, you know, compared to shoe, you know, when shoes get you know a release nine hundred pairs, you expect it to be for a good reason. You know, this is a, a a bit of a shoonicorn, a bit of a grail, and I'm just you know for me they're a really cool pair. I really like them, um, but I'm actually you know day to day happier with my OG colorway than I am with all white uh, consortium pair. Yeah. Um, so anyway, let's uh, let's let's try and reach a number. Out of 10, 10 being the best, 1 being really bad, 0 being just not even worth a number. What we are probably we shouldn't talk about any zeros. We shouldn't pairs. talk about any um, zeros. We could talk about zeros. Anyway, yeah. we're, we're, we're going to have to agree on something, so I guess we're going to average out our numbers. I think First, that the way to do it, just to jump in, would be to look at other Adidas releases, um, for me, and to place it within other Adidas releases. And I'd say that compared to Ultra Boosts, regardless of whether it's the Soulbox or the SNS or the Woodward, um, compared to the NMDs, I'd rate it quite highly because I think that it's something that stands out against the modern Ultra Boost sort of domination. Um, I'd give them an 8 out of 10 in the context of Adidas shoes. I'd give them a 6.5 in the context of the wider sneaker market. I'm going to go 7, and that's in the context of just shoes as a whole. And if, you know, when you're talking about, you know, this girl is a perfect 10... And a lot of people say there's no such thing as a perfect 10. And I want to take that and apply it to sneakers. I really don't think there's such thing as a perfect 10 sneaker. Um, the stuff comes very close. Um, maybe there are a couple of pairs. Everyone, everyone's got a grail where they're like, wow, that's, that's a perfect 10. But this doesn't get close to that. We're agreed on that. A 9 is still pretty premium. You know, you're talking a pair that you really dream about having. An eight is your favorite pair in your collection. A seven is a pair that you're really happy to wear. And I'm going to go seven. Really, really happy to wear. You know, really, really nice. And I, and I like that there was a, a pretty wide release. Like, I don't know many people who have struggled to get a pair, but they're also sold out pretty much everywhere now. So Adidas got the quantity about right. People who wanted a pair and knew about them and liked them managed to get a pair. Really, really universally liked pair, I think. I've heard a lot of good things. So, can we agree on a seven? Do you think sevens are good? I would go six based on that. And I'd say that six and a half is in on the middle. The, on the fence of freshness, we're going to go in between six and seven. We're going to go six and a half. Six and a half. Okay, cool. So, our second feature is going to be a top four discussion. Uh, Charlie and I do a lot of these in our spare time. Almost every day. Almost every day. And, you know, top fives, so cliche, man. Everyone's doing top five this, top five that. Let's do something a little bit different. A little bit different, top four. A little bit more challenging. So, we have a lot of these. um, And the one that we've chosen today is actually one that we revisit quite often, which is our top four Air Max ones with ties to a specific location. So that's nice nice and vague, and there's a reason for that. Um, we just wanted a bit more choice. By location, it can literally mean a store, a city, a country. I'm not sure we're going as far as continent. I, think I don't think we're going to go as far as a continent um, because that opens up a lot of doors. It opens up a lot of a lot of small doors. Um, so so we're going to try and agree on four pairs. Might cause a little bit of a debate. Might get a little bit heated. It could get aggressive. Okay, so let's start by posing our top fours. I'll go first. Okay. Um, Mine in order, and this is personal preference, this is not which shoe we think is the greatest release, it's which shoe 
we personally like the most. So you can't debate it. You can't get angry at us. For no, this. this is our opinion. This is our opinion. And if you don't like it, then please still listen to our podcast. Yeah, please do. Uh, so my number one would be the Kid Robots, only released at Barney's in New York. That's the tie. In 2005. In 2005, indeed. My number two would be the Pata Amsterdams of this tie to Amsterdam. I've never been there. Maybe uh, that's part of the appeal to me. My number three are the Pata Purple Denims. And uh, Charlie's going to talk a little bit more about what is so special about this release, which I had no idea about, which is really quite interesting. Um, my number four is the Urawa Dragons. Mm. Uh, which are actually my latest pickup. Great pair. Solid pair. Now, inevitably, there's quite a lot of overlap. So I'm going to, you know, I want to I throw a curveball in there, but those are some solid choices. Just to clarify, the Kid Robots, you're talking about the black and pink release. Um, we should have we should have made clear, we're not talking about friends and family releases, you know, like the, the, the Berlin Camos, stuff like that, or, or indeed the... Um, the other colorway of the Kid Robot. Yeah. You need to have actually had a chance of buying these. For me, uh, the number one is the Kid Robots. We've discussed this. I just love them. Such premium materials. Um, I love the heel tab details, the little robot um, on the back, uh, the perforated toe box, um, which I which I think we both really, really love in a shoe. Um, really, really cool shoe. Love the ties to Barney's, which I've actually been to. Um, awesome shoe. Um, 2005 was a really good year for sneakers. Wasn't it, it really was. Really Very possibly year. the best. This is definitely something that we should talk about. In yeah. Future. Um, my number two, another another bit of overlap. Purple denims. Really awesome shoe. Um, what I love about this pair, and I realise that there are other pairs. You can look at the Amsterdam's, which haven't made my list. Um, I love those shoes. I would give my left nut for a pair of those shoes. But for me, the purple denims represent something that is quintessentially Air Max 1. And that is that simple colour blocking where you have the white upper and you have that lovely purple, which I think was modelled, I think I'm right in saying, was modelled on one of the original uh, Tinker designs, the Tinker colourways. Oh, um, and what, what makes this shoe really special is the purple denims, um, any of you who have been trawling eBay and collect and sneaky, group, sneaky groups on Facebook trying to find a pair, um, and struggling just like I have uh, in the past, they're really hard to find because they were only released at Pata. It's surprising because the chlorophylls had a wider release, um, which, which again go for a lot of money, but chlorophylls can be found a bit more easily. The purple denims, a bit more of a shoonicorn, um, but only released in store in Pata in Amsterdam. Shouts to them. Great, great store. Love it. That little pop-up in London recently, didn't they? Yeah, I was quite disappointed by the pop-up. It, it, was, it wasn't great. It um, was just basically basketball tops. But I do I do want to make it out to the, the Pata store. In yeah, really lovely people as well. Um, big shouts to them. So we've gone Kid Robots, Purple Denims for me. Um, again, uh, overlap on the third, Urawa. Um, I'm going to have to agree on that. Just a sick, sick pair. Japan-only release. Which is um and and the Urawa the Urawa red uh, red dragons. So it's the Urawa red diamonds. Is red the football diamonds. team. And the sort of idea behind the collaboration is that they are uh, based on the color of the football team shirt mm -hmm. strip. And actually, um, I said that this was my latest pickup, and uh, I had them delivered to my office. And my colleagues know by now that that I'm a sneakerhead because I'm constantly getting deliveries. And as soon as I put the box down on my desk, they uh, they asked if they could guess what sort of collaboration it was and uh, I said well if you can guess this I will give them to you 
and they had a lot of wild guesses. And as soon as I told them that they had to give up and told them that they were based on Japanese J-League team, the Aurora Red Diamonds, they just <laughs> could not believe it. They fell about laughing. It is an odd, it is an odd collaboration. But it's as, a great as, one. As is Barney's, but that's yeah. some of the best ones. I mean, obviously, we've got your, you've got your Patters, you've got your Atmos, you've got your classic design brands, but... That's what's so great about the MX ones. You know, you've got the occasional collab, which is just so left field. So left field. Um, so big fan of those. Good choice. Now, my fourth one, because I wanted to mix it up a little bit, and because this is my latest pickup, um, is the Air Max One Toronto the Six. Um, it's a difficult name. It's, to say. it's a really difficult name to say. A, a, a harder name to, to Google because you just end up getting loads of size six. Shoes or that they're selling, in. yeah, probably that would that would make sense. But I've just picked them up, and they are a really awesome shoe. Um, obviously, it's hard; it's really hard to hold a candle to some of the older Air Max One releases. Um, so, so in that respect, I I, um, I acknowledge that this might not be everyone's cup of tea. But there are some things I just want to point out that are really unique to this shoe. Um, the colorway is fairly basic. The black and white colorway is, you know, n nothing special, but but very clean. Um, they've got this rubberized coating on the sole and the air bowl to, re to prevent cracking. And what I really like about that is that's Nike acknowledging things that are happening to their older their older models, sole cracking, the bubble clouding up. These things aren't going to happen in theory on these shoes. Well, the bubble thing is interesting because they're, they're essentially pre-clouded. <laughs> they, they've anticipated that one. But hopefully it won't crumble away. Um, they've also got wax laces, which is uh, which is really cool. I have to say, I really dislike wax laces. Oh, I see. I think they work on these shoes. I think that this is a release where they really work. Um, I think that uh, another pair that I have with wax laces are the Kiss of Death 2s. And um, the, the colours of the laces on the Kiss of Death 2s are amazing. I really like them. I think the dark green especially is, yeah. is really nice. Yeah. But I just, I'm so frustrated by the fact that they're wax laces. I, I think they feel bad. I think that they're very difficult to lace nicely um, and, and sort of in a uniform way. But I definitely think that you're right. They, they suit this release. They suit this release. And um, um, the reason for all of these slightly odd um, uh, features on the, on the 6s is uh, it's, it's in homage to Toronto, which is known as the Six. I think it's because there's six districts in Toronto. I've never been to Toronto. No, neither. I don't. Um, so any Toronto heads, feel free to comment and and, and, and tell us that we're wrong. But I think it's because there's six districts in Toronto, and the Six is kind of like an unofficial name of the city. Yeah, I'm not um, smiling. But they've got they've got this um, they've got this all these features because it's meant to last. They're, they're they're shoes for the for the tough Canadian winter. You know, these waxed uh, laces, these rubberized soles, they're tough shoes, they're sturdy shoes. I really like the idea of a, a fresh Air Max release being weather resistant as yeah, well. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? And it's also really ingrained in sort of the environment um, in that Toronto is obviously, being in Canada, uh, has very volatile weather. And, uh, well, maybe not volatile, but at least extreme, extreme, extreme weather, yeah, yeah. that's the way to put it. Um, and I really like that. I think the one um, detail that I I really love is the the heel tab. Oh, um, so cool! They've yeah. got this kind of compass heel tab on the back. I really like that, um, which looks great. They've got the Toronto maple leaf on the tongue. I have to say, I'm not a huge fan of the tongue tab. You don't um, like the fact that it's looped over, do you? No, I don't like the fact that it's it's sort of flimsy. It's it's not the best quality and um, 
I think that that's the one detail that, that the shoe falls short on, but I think that it's, it's definitely something that's, that's sort of easily sacrificed. Okay, so what? So we need to we need to pick one. Um, I think that it's fairly clear that you're going to want to to keep in your Amsterdam's. Was it the Amsterdam's that you chose? Um, I think post the six discussion, I'd actually take the Amsterdam's out. I think that the thing with the Amsterdam's is that it's a beautiful shoe. Um, great details. Great details. The colours are great, but yeah. not having ever worn a pair, I can't. So I don't have too much insight, but I do think that they're quite difficult to wear. They are so bold and they are, they are. very difficult to put with anything, I imagine. Um, and, you know, they're, they're not a very palatable colorway. Um, I think that there's just something very cool about the six. Yeah. The six pair. I, I said it was difficult and to it's, say. And it's nice. Also, we've got to mention, it's got the classic mini swoosh. And it's actually a pair that merits a mini swoosh. Yeah. All the of these. Of mini you know, the, kind the, of recently. the Safari Retro that came out recently was Pretty butters. Oh, the Ultramars. They, they're, they're oh, the nice. Ultramars with the mini. So, so we're, we're despairing about those because it's kind of um, it's kind of shitting on a really great legacy. It's yeah, exactly. It's cheapening yeah. one of the most recognisable features of a sought after pair. Exactly. So, so, so we're agreed on that. But this pair, I don't feel that bitterness towards it. Using no, the mini I think it's very nicely um, placed on the on the shoe. Not in terms of where it is. It's always going to be in the same place. <laughs> yeah, so, so we're agreed on that. And also props for being a shoe that's come out in the last couple of years. came out last year, actually, um, which is actually uh, makes it into this list because it's not easy um, to, to get recognition as a, as, as a more recent pair because the old shape is so good and um, there are so many classic collaborations. And, and, and Nike is struggling. To, it seems to have lost its way. It seems to have lost its way a little bit. But this is a great shoe. I think we're agreed on that, yeah, so we're happy there. So I'd stick it into fourth place, and I'd take the Amsterdam's out. So we go Kid Robots, Purple Denims, Urawas, and the Six. Happy with that? Absolutely. Good stuff. Um, before we move on, uh, we're going to do a couple of honourable mentions. And we're not going to go into this too much, but my one uh, would be, somewhat surprisingly, maybe, the Roundel London Undergrounds. I knew you'd say that. I wore those over here I, I've got it written down here as well. That Joe's going to say that. No, that I, I was going to say it. Right, didn't okay. say it. So we're both from London, and uh, I know that, for me, any shoe that has anything to do with London is going to be in my collection. Um, I've got both of the Underground uh, pairs, the Air Max 1s and the Air Max 90s. You've got the um, Home Turf, I've got, got the Home Turf, turf as well. China's got them. Great pair. Um, I am actually trying to look for a second pair of uh, Roundel 90s, um, because I, I just I wear one, so one to rock and one to stock. I do wear them a lot. They're probably my most worn pair. Mm. And I just think that the, the materials on them are really great, especially on the 1s, actually, because they're sturdier. But on the 90s, the 90s are nicer though, they're they? nicer with the white tick and the white yeah. tab. But this is a ones list, so we're going to keep it at ones. Honourable mention for the Liberty Londons as well from me. I just think that the, for me it's the, it's the women's colourway that's getting a mention here. Uh, the Liberty London Air Max ones with the rope places. They are really um, nice. Which are like actually, they're like string. Um, I'm trying to get one for my girlfriend. They're really, really, really cool. Um, cool floral design and I just like, you know, I like some of the details. Um, obviously, you know, we're talking, you know, can't really, you know, party with the with the Amsterdam's and the Purple Denims. No, I wouldn't say but so. But they're but they're a cool they're a really cool pack. Yeah, they definitely deserve. It. So yeah, that's our that's our top four exclusive. Okay, 
our final feature that we're going to do is going to be um, a discussion about something that's relevant to the sneaker scene at the moment. Something um, that we think is topical, uh, something that we think that people will basically be interested in. So it's going to be a different thing each, each episode. Today we've decided to talk about um, releases, how they happen, um, how, it, how easy it is to, to cop different shoes, um, and just whether or not the different ways that shops release their sneakers uh, is, is really working at the moment. And whether it's geared towards sneakerheads or maybe hype beasts, I guess you could or, say. Or like resellers, yeah. Exactly. So um, I guess I guess the, what's become more and more common recently, and um, I'm not sure anyone really likes doing Instagram raffles, um, this is like really noticeable around Yeezy season where people just start being crazy, you know, retweet, uh, you know, Instagramming various pictures of Yeezys, Mood Rocks, Pirate Backs, whatever it is, and it just gets silly. Like your Instagram feed gets clogged up with people, you know, posting pictures from the same the same sites. And I do think it, it you know, I've got a pair that way um, before. I think you I've actually, I've won two pairs that way. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got a pair of the 750, uh, the black ones, mm-hmm. Blackout, whatever they're called. And I got my Oxford Tan pairs yeah. via Raffles. So it does work. so it, it can work. I think that there are there are ways to get uh, to get a bit more lucky. Are we going to share our our techniques, or are we going to? Yeah, because really, I think that only the only releases that I've ever done a raffle for are Yeezy releases. And to be honest, I I don't know if I'm going to do them again. No, it's, it, it is complete ball ache. So the way that I've won pairs is to wait until the very last minute. Yeah, I think that's. I think people. Uh, I think the. Sh- the stores underestimate just how many people have commented on it with their size and whatever. So they scroll down for what they think is quite a while, but it's actually only getting to the first day or whatever. Exactly. So if you do want to compare with um, with Instagram, um, it's best just to, to you know repost the picture and whatever right before the deadline of when they've said to do it. That way you've got a much better chance of getting it than if you're the 10,000th person to yeah. do it. Yeah, I mean, that's from our experience. It might be that some stores do it differently. It might be that some will troll through thousands of, of uh, pictures and, and pick someone near the bottom, but yeah, I wouldn't imagine that that's the case for most places. Nothing is foolproof, but actually um, you have to be attentive to the release to get them, which I guess is a positive, um, but you do have to make a bit of cock up yourself on social media. Yeah, and I do not like doing that. Oh, People complain. All the time, all I get it time. as well. Like anyone who's not into sneakers just starts messaging you abuse about what the fuck are you calling out my newsfeed with this exactly. bullshit. So that's, um, that's a downside to Instagram raffles. But ultimately, you know, what we're going to say is none of these ways are particularly, you know, fair it's not like if you really want them whoever wants them the most is going to get them there's always going to be people who get them and people who are disappointed same with any release instagram's no different but it, you know neither of us are a big fan i think because it is just it is just so invasive like you have to completely you know just clog up everyone's newsfeed and people start to get pissed off yeah and i think that from a store's point of view i completely understand it actually um like we said we're not particularly we don't we don't really rate the, the Instagram raffle as a way of doing a release, but in terms of the way that the stores look at it, it's pretty good for them to get exposure, um, because if you're thinking about 16,000, or that's kind of a number that I've plucked out of my head, but um, if, if thousands of people are, are posting uh, photos with the sneakers and stuff, um, release um, information for the Yeezys, then it's gonna get their name out of there. The people who will message us saying, can you stop posting she releases on your Instagram, we'll see these stores' names and it will get their names out there a bit. So I do, I do think that there is, there's definitely a reason to why they do it. It's not just laziness that they, they just don't want to sort of deal with the hassle of people 
um, sort of lusting after these shoes. Um, yeah. But I, I definitely think that for the people who genuinely want the shoes, it's it's definitely not sort of playing into their hands. Okay, so I think that's Instagram raffles fairly well covered. Um, I guess the, the natural um, progression is, is in-store raffles, which I personally quite like. Um, I've never won one, so this isn't coming from like a, a biased point of view. I just think it's quite nice to cater to your local clientele. I mean, everyone, unless you live in the sticks, has got a relatively decent sneaker store somewhere near them. I think that's easier to say, being from London. That's true. Um, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, but you know, you think about this. There's great shops in Newcastle and Glasgow. Yeah, for sure. Um, in, in all major cities, there's a pretty decent sneaker shop, and I think the in-store raffle is quite a good one because it means that you don't just have people who are just signing up to every shop in the country or even in the world, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, I, one of my raffles that I won was from Sweden, which, you know, worked for me, but it's kind of unfair for the Swedish people who wanted yeah wanted a pair of Yeezys from their local store. So I definitely think that the in-store raffles are a better way of doing it than the Instagram raffles. I have waited in a queue at the Adidas store for a few of the Yeezy releases and had nothing from them. I've gone to sneakers and stuff to sign up with them, Foot Patrol, and I've never had anything back from them, which there's always an element of, are these shoes going to the people who sign up? Because there's no way to prove anything. Yeah, but I think that you can say that about basically any way, any release. And, I, and, I, and also, I'm, you know, I don't like to level that accusation against, no, against any, any store, because I know that you know, people at Foot Patrol, for example, are really good people. Um, I, what I quite like, and um, what I've seen happen with a few stores, is where there's quite a lot of transparency, where they say, we are getting 12 pairs, whatever it is. Two of them are going to go to staff, who will be in a raffle to win them. Um, you know, four of them will be online, and the rest will be, you know, I, I quite like when they break it down and they say, listen, not all of them are going to the public, but also, you know, we're being very honest about it. I don't mind that at all. Also, if I worked in a sneaker store, I, you know, I'd want some kind of preferential treatment. It's only fair. Next, I think we can talk about camping out. Um, some pairs, they literally just say, these are releasing at 10 a.m. in the morning on this day, um, first come, first served. And, you know, we've done this a couple of times. We did it quite recently outside Offspring for a pair, which turns out we really didn't need to camp out for. <laughs> we did not need we, to camp out. We, we were there for about four hours because we really wanted this release. And, um, yeah, well, I think the, the next person turned up about one hour before. Um, and even by the time the store opened... It was about five of us. Yeah, it was, it was a bit overzealous, but, you know, you win some, you lose some, and we got the shoes. Um, and that's what matters, I guess. Yeah, so we, exactly. didn't, we didn't have a bad few hours. No, uh, yeah. At least it wasn't raining. It was a really nice day, actually. But I, I like camping because I think that if you are dedicated enough to camp, you're most likely going to want to keep the shoes, and you're going to wear them. And I think that's what releases should be about, is people buying the shoes and wearing them. I think that any... Any release of, of, say, a Nike pair, um, which are, are super fresh, like maybe if it's a pattern drop, you're going to want people camping rather than Instagram raffles, yeah, where I mean, true sneakerheads can actually take the chance to camp out, use some of their precious time, and, and guarantee themselves a pair. Well, just to interject there, I'm not sure that, um, that, that people who camp necessarily are there just for them. I mean, I've had it at releases, and this happens a lot. Where and then and I live around East London, so my local stores, you know, sneakers and stuff. There's the Offspring there, uh, Night Lab, and then going Central, you've got obviously like Size and Foot Patrol, which, which all, all all within 20 minutes of me really. Um, and you do get a lot the same guys naming no names, painting no faces. You do get the same guys turn up every time, 
Um, and they've got, you know, they've got their little brother with them. They've got all their mates who turn up, you know, five minutes before the doors open and, you know, just join. And they're all, you know, a bunch of guys, so you can't really argue with them. And they go in and get basically the whole size run. Um, and, and they also take to marshalling the queue and saying, oh, listen, guys, listen, guys, we all going to queue up in you know, an orderly line, otherwise they're never going to let us in. And guess, guess who's at the head of the line? So, you know, these things need quite good policing. And I've had, I've had a bad experience a couple of times at SNS. Um, I've, I've had it where I've got there in plenty of time. This happened with the uh, running fig homages. Uh, how I really wanted and, 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 and haven't got and now I'm just unwilling to pay the resale mainly based on this this sort of bitter experience I got there there were easily few enough people for me to have got a pair but five minutes before the doors open ten guys turn up um, start kind of pushing people about and there's no one there to marshal the queue there's no one there taking names there's no one there from the store who even cares slightly and I think that I think that you do need to stand up to these people who are obviously pissing off your, your local clientele because these people pop up all over the place. I'm not sure they necessarily... Um, Just reside in East London. Yeah, they, these people exist for, for outside every single store. And um, I do think that that's something that sneaker stores could, could do a bit better. You know, marshal the queues, make sure that people who get there in good time actually get, you know, get a good deal. Yeah, I definitely think that that's quite a big issue is making sure that the people who are there in time get their shoes. Because it's quite clear to see if these people are working in the store, they get there before the release... Um, actually happens you know if you see the queue when you're going into the store you can see how many people are there you can see roughly who's there you can see who's not there if a bunch of people turn up it's going to be quite clear that they weren't there at the beginning so it doesn't take much effort to actually take down a few names hand out a few wristbands to the people who are there by the time the store opens and maybe that will cut down on people getting there at the last minute sort of pushing their way to the front. And yeah, I think saving places is not cool um, no definitely not. so that's, that's definitely a, an issue Another thing we can talk about is end launches, which um, I think a lot of people were quite excited about um, when, it, when it started. It was, it was sort of billed as a, as a fairer way uh, to release shoes. And, and the way it works is you go onto, I think it's end.launches.com. Something like that. And you, um, they have a list of shoes that are releasing in the, in, the, in the future. And you put down your email address, say which size you want, and um, they'll email you whether or not you've uh, got the shoe. Which seems, which seems to be pretty... Well, they, they email you to let you know that they've gone on sale. Um, I think they initially did it that way. And they changed it. I think, and, 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 I, and I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure that now they just let you know if you've got a pair or not. Um, I think that the website just kept crashing with people who were going on at exactly that time. People getting their emails at different times and saying it was unfair. So, uh, you know, again, there is no perfect way to release a sneaker. But um, you know, I, definitely I, an interesting. It's an interesting idea, and I, I do quite like the whole pre-registration. Say your size, so you can't just go on there and get, you know, whatever size is left and sell it on. I think that what frustrated me about the end launches site and the sort of structure of how it worked was it seemed like a great idea. This registration period uh, where you you put in your size, as you say. Um, and then for them to send an email out when the shoes went on sale, and I don't know if it has changed since. I haven't actually been on it for a while because I realized that it just wasn't working for me. And what I didn't like about it was the fact that as soon as you registered, I had a countdown with when the shoes were going to go on sale. And I think the whole idea of making it fairer is to drop them without any kind of warning. So you know that they're going to go on sale at some point, you register for them, you get an email, and then it's up to you to dash there. 
you, you aren't sitting at your computer waiting for the time, timer to tick down because then everyone has just as much of a chance as the other. Well, that, yeah, then it's just the same as any online release. Exactly. So I think that if they were trying to sort of tackle it from a new angle and say, well, people have a, how, now have a chance to, to do it in a different way, then do it in a different way and drop them at a random time, but let us know when you've dropped them. I do think, though, I mean, what, what a lot of online releases are trying to get around is the presence of bots. Um, something I don't really understand. I think that you, you can buy them, or maybe people who are good at computers can kind of code them or whatever. Sorry. It's not really my forte, but it's quite impressive the, the, the technology behind it. These people just get like a, I think they just get a bot to just hammer this page and try and get one in their basket as quickly as possible. Um, but it is, it is a piss take. You know, it's so frustrating when you, you know, get up early, you really want this release, um, and before your page is even loaded, they're sold out. And I think you know that can only be from bots. Um, so so end launches are trying to get get around that. Um, you know we can quickly talk about online releases. Sometimes like random drops, I'm all for just drop them at any time of the day, and whoever's lucky and attentive gets them. That's fair enough. Um, Adidas online quite good now. I quite like how you you go on and you just get put in a queue, and they say you know you'll be let through. That's random. Ran, I think it's randomly. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's quite a good way to do it as well because it gives people a better chance, I guess. It, it, rather than just sort of having to navigate your way through the site as quickly as you possibly can, make sure that all your bank details are in already, etc. The fact that you get let through, you have a little bit of time to purchase the shoe. Not a lot of time at all. I've been let through quite a few times in, uh, for the easy releases and not been able to get a pair. But I like the way that it's, it levels the playing field to a certain degree. There's never going to be a way where you're just going to make it completely fair. Um, I think even if you do make the releases accessible to everyone um, sort of in a, in a fair and even way, you're always going to get people, some people who are buying to resell. So that sort of makes it unfair anyway. I think Adidas, out of every website that I've ever tried to get a, a seriously hyped release on, have, have done it the best way. Um, the way that they let people through bit by bit, I'm not sure if it's random or if it's done in terms of position in a queue, but it's definitely the best way that I've experienced. Um, and that's not saying a lot though, that's the thing. Um, I, I still think It's that, still always going to be imperfect. Exactly, there's a I, lot of work to be done. But I agree, that they're, they're, they're probably, I'm, I'm probably the most satisfied when I get a pair of Adidas, because I think it, it seems fair. And if I don't get one, I think, and it tells you, it refreshes and says, sorry, they're all sold out now. Which I, which I appreciate. So Adidas, thumbs up. Pretty, pretty good. Um, I quite like as well how um, this has happened with a couple of, of releases. It happened with the retro of the Atmos Safari MX ones recently. Um, you can pre-register in-store at Nike Town in London. Yeah, that really surprised me. Um, yeah, they didn't really advertise it. No, they? which I think is definitely a good thing. I think it's one of those kind of things where maybe that's sort of a way to get around it is if you let the sneakerhead community know, I know that's not necessarily the easiest thing to do as a big brand is to let a select community know but if you let the sneakerhead community know that there is a very short window for pre-registration to buy some pairs obviously depending on how rare the release is um, with the safari retros there was a short window where you could register to get a pair and then you just had to turn up on the day of release at night store very stress-free which must have been nice i missed it which is a shame, but I think it's a really good idea. And, you know, I was very tuned into that release because it was a pair, having not ever gotten myself a pair of the, the original Atmos Safaris, um, I really wanted this pair um, because 
couldn't necessarily afford a pair of the originals. Yeah, I, 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 I got them too, and I think we were both a bit disappointed. In the yeah, end. but I think um, that in a way, I'm actually very happy that they didn't they didn't recreate the original. They they did sort of a homage to it uh, because you never want to recreate the original because it, it it just sort of cheapens. Um, yeah, I agree. It's going to be really interesting what happens with the, the Jay Elephant retro. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that because I have a pair of them and I do not want them to be recreated yeah, properly. Totally understandable. I mean, to, but, but this is a discussion for another day, but the shape's not going to be the same. No. And that means that they're not, they're not going to be the same sneaker. Even if they do all the details to a T, um, I think most people will probably, most sneakerheads will probably still be a bit disappointed with them. I mean, I, I imagine I'll probably buy a pair, but they won't really mean anything to me. Um, even the Safari retros, I don't have a pair of the originals, so it would stand to reason that I'd, I'd really like these ones because they are very similar. But I just I don't treat them like a a fresh pair. Yeah, I mean the you know the hairy toe box and the and the nappy suede. Yeah, and okay. the, and the glow in the dark soles. It's all it's all a bit you know twenty tens, isn't it? Gimmicky. It's a bit gimmicky, and you know I think most people like you said with your jades. Most people with a pair of the original Atmos collab will have just hated that release because it, you know, it kind of ships on a great legacy. Exactly. Okay, that about wraps it up for today. Um, hope you enjoyed our podcast, our first one. So please be kind with your feedback. Um, we're gonna be back in a couple of weeks with our next one, trying to keep it topical, relevant, um, and interesting above all. And interesting. Uh, any feedback is is more than welcome. Please do just comment. And if you have any questions that you'd like us to discuss, happily submit them and we will discuss them in the next episode. Yeah.